Hello and welcome to the Professor and Barney podcast featuring Nick and Tom yet again for another week. How is everybody doing in their homes? Brilliant. Yeah, awesome. Killing it. Afternoon record and we're making the most of it, Professor. Yes, we're recording a little later than we normally do, so we've all got a a wee tipple. I'm on these Shirazes. What are you drinking there, Tommy? I'm drinking a, a Peroni Red Long Neck. Nice. Yeah, very like good. 60 mils. Yeah, Barney. <laughs> uh, I'm on a uh, that is an Ardbeg 10, I believe, which is very smoky. You normally go a 12 year old Barney. Uh, yeah, no, no the, the Ardbeg is uh, the the 10 is good. Sick. Get into it two years earlier. And God knows how smoky to be after 12. Uh, Nick. <laughs> yes. Uh, New Zealand Wellington's finest, Panhead. Oh, not comfortable rot. with that. Is that? <laughs> can you say that or? Uh, they Panhead. sponsor the all whites, I believe. Cheers, <laughs> yeah. you guys. I got we got some uh, things to Real let issues. you in on. Yeah. 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 Hey, um, can someone explain what this podcast is? Hey, Tommy, why don't you do it this week? Explain yeah. exactly what the podcast is. This week's podcast uh, <laughs> is in. No, no, no. I, I want you to sum up the whole thing. I've just tuned in. It's oh, the, the first format. day. Professor oh. and Barney oh, featuring wow. Tom and Nick. What are they doing? What are the guys doing? So what we do is we take something that's happened in the week of sport yeah. and then we put our four beautiful minds together <laughs> and we come up with uh, uh, other examples of this occurring. And what do we all do, guys? Everybody say it together. We dig in deep into the... Annals. Yeah, straight to the anal, uh, annals, annals. Of, um, of sport. And uh, we find other examples of of that e- example that, that happened in this week. So, yes. Yeah. And Tommy, mm. it's been going swimmingly well. Our numbers are building and it's gotten to the mm. point now where we have become a vodcast where you can oh, watch exciting. us on KO and Facebook. Um, if you yeah. are... If you want to go beyond our dulcet tones and look at our um, dulcet faces... <laughs> And you, can, and, and you can and you can poke us. Yeah, exactly. Those are the only two that can actually that, that we're allowed on. Yes. The other mm. the other nineteen social media outlets. Um, well, let's not say what happened, but yeah, they're quick to respond on Facebook, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, you put it up within ten minutes. Boom! That Zuckerberg, he's on. Um, well, what we like to do is we like to read a five star review from one of our listeners. Um, yes. Tommy, why don't you start with one there? Have you got one? That, yep, um, I've got one here. It's, it's entitled Baldy, Dumbface, yeah. Buddha and the Quota Filler. Um, <laughs> you sure yeah. this is about our podcast? It's written by Toddy Greenberg. which one am I? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Toddy Greenberg. He's finally yeah, had Toddy time Greenberg. to review the, review the pod. <laughs> yes. Oh, good on him. This is more of a novella. So... Um, where do I start? First with the poor man's Roy and HG. Oh, some sports comedy that's new. It wasn't funny then. It's not. It's 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 not funny now. Baldy has the perfect head for a podcast, and you idiots made it a vodcast. Unfunny, bald, and a black sheep of the family. I only listened to his ear cancer for maybe the chance of hearing a sensational voice of Doctor Rochford. A bit unfair, he got the brains done. The bro, for God's sake, wear a hat. Hey, it's my brother that's written this. Nobody else, nobody else is praising him. <laughs> <laughs> what a old dickhead. An- old Andrew, I don't know how 
how a nerd like you got a job to talk about sport. You love hockey, and no one in their right mind should be proud enough to admit that to this anyone. This person doesn't know the first thing I about d- sport. <laughs> <laughs> I do highly rate being a, a, a Newey fan up the nights. Okay, I'm turning around on this bloke. Uh, you know, <laughs> all right. All bad. The vodcast suits you, Dumbface, because that's your whole bit. Dumbface is followed by a joke that makes everyone think you need Pagey back. I've been saying that for a long time. Same. <laughs> um, Big Tommy. Essentially, I have 34 <laughs> hips, but quads make me wear make me wear 40s. Erskine. What's with the constant stumbling over the English language? Your daddy is loaded, but still didn't have enough money to get you somewhat educated. I went to Cranbrook, bitch. This guy, <laughs> I think he's talking about beyond the high school. Boy at yeah, yeah, we yeah, all went yeah. to high school. Yeah, I mean, I went to Sydney Uni. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they they asked you, you a... to stop telling people that, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> scored you a mint gig in NYC. You're the best daddy. After seeing you on the vodcast, makes sense why your jerseys keep falling down. No coat hanger is strong enough to hold sizes that big. Wow. The most, the most you have made laugh is the most you have made laugh is when you threw, uh, when they threw you off the roof. Essentially, I was hoping it was real. Finally, the weird foreigner. I don't know how long playing the dumb Kiwi will last. It's kind of sad now. You bleeped your joke, the George Pell one was the best thing that happened to this podcast. Gonna have to beat that as well. It's <laughs> <laughs> a double bleep. Showed, showed that at least one of you can write a decent joke. Don't mind the New Zealand chat, but never mention your country's champion weightlifter. <laughs> how, how, much lo- how much longer are you warming Sam Taunton's seat for? Would I recommend a listen? Sure, if you want to feel better about yourself by listening to these knuckleheads, trying to be funny if if this podcast was an nrl moment it would be the 2009 darius boyd media interview five stars 100 <laughs> percent. all right well, so quarantine ended... affected a lot of people in different ways hasn't it well i think and, we uh, yeah i think we can narrow it down it's either my brother yeah he's got nothing to do it's either that or it's tommy's dad mm-hmm. or yeah. um after, after six weeks in isolation it's my father-in-law. Yeah, it might be your father-in-law. But it's clearly someone that knows us very well because there's details in that that I don't think we've released on this podcast. Yeah. Yes. Like, we've never said I mean, Nick was from New Zealand. I don't remember that. That's right. That's no, right. No, Have we let on that Tom says essentially quite a bit? Have we ever mentioned that on the pod? No, I don't, I don't think so. Think That's we just have. around no. the office joke. No. All right, well, Toddy Greenberg, um, yeah. you need to find something to do, mate. You are... You need help. But thanks for the review. Look, (laughs) in the end, five five stars. stars. Happy with that. Um, All right, get (laughs) on board. Um, Leave us a five-star review. Um, Bring the crazy back down to about seven, if you can. Also, brevity is the soul of wit. It is. Mm. It is. Um, Yes. Five stars. Five stars. Beautiful. (laughs) Now, Tommy, let's get into today's topic. What essentially in the light of are we looking at from sport this week? In the light of essentially, uh, we're looking at a an article uh, from iStuff.co.nz um, about how Is esports. That a real website? I don't know. I, no, it was a pop up off RedTube. Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> 
I don't know what that is, but sounds funny, Tommy. I I I looked up G spots, um, but it popped up esports. So I I I don't know. Um, so we are looking at how esports might eventually become an Olympic sport. So we've mm. chosen, and there's a big push for it. It's it's like one of the highest grossing. I can't believe it's even a sport, but it's one of the highest grossing sports in the world. Um, like PlayStation and Xbox and all that garbage. Um, but we are looking at how um, when sports, when a country gets the Olympic Games, they uh, they sort of have a choice of selecting sports, and we want to know why it's such a hard decision, and there's sports that should and shouldn't be there, or or changes that need to be made to sports to make them better. It's that- always a big debate whether things should be Olympic sports, whether they shouldn't be Olympic sports. There's always provisional sports, so I I reckon it's worth having us weighing in. We all like the Olympics. Absolutely. So, okay, because Tommy lost me. I, I don't know where, yep. towards the end, and Barney, I know you've come in and tried to explain it. But, mm. So what are we doing? <laughs> Basically, we're trying, <laughs> essentially, Tommy. Essentially. <laughs> essentially, we're looking at sports we think should be or shouldn't be part of the Olympic Beautiful. Games. There so you pretty go. much the last sentence I just fucking said. Oh, I'm going to be... <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Mate, you lost people way before you the last sentence. You lost me. Oh, my Mate. God. I started... You know... You know, essential essentially means distilling something down to its, its, its core components. Yeah, so you're essentially a fuckwit. That's what that's it, basically. Oh, mate. Oh, I love you, Tommy. Very good. Okay, so here we go. We're going to be doing um, things that we sh- think should be a part of the Olympics and things that we think should no longer be. Let's start with mm. the shouldn't be a part of the Olympics. Um, Barney, you're a big Olympics fan. Lead us off here, mate. What, uh, love it. What are you looking at? Well, look, it's not the whole sport. I think this, I, I don't have a problem with the sport. There's one element of one of the modern sports and it's one of the feature uh, pieces of the modern Olympics is the marathon. Uh, we all love the marathon, uh, generally the men's marathon, the last morning of the games. It's the last track, uh, track and field event. Um, but I, to be honest, I think it's got soft. Um, what I hate about it is it's lost its historic roots. Um, basically... You, you see these blokes run along and every however many Ks, there's some idiot there handing water, handing out salt tablets, handing out gels, handing out all sorts of stuff to keep these blokes hydrated. That is not the way that the marathon started. Now, quick history lesson. Um, you guys know the history of the marathon? Yes. Uh, didn't it used to... Yeah, it was the chocolate bar before the Snickers, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it was Marathon Stadium was where the Knights played for many years. Yes, uh, in that's Newcastle. what I thought. No, the marathon's actually an invention of the modern Olympics, right? So it's based on the idea of this guy from ancient Greece, uh, this Athenian named Pheippides. I'm definitely pronouncing that wrong, who... When the Athenians beat the uh, beat the Persians at Marathon, he was the bloke that ran back into Athens to tell them. About 42 Ks. Um, he ran in and uh, said, hey guys, good news. We've just uh, beaten the Persians uh, and then collapsed and died. So what happened was when the modern Olympics were starting in 1896, it was in Athens and the guys there just said, we need an event to link us to history. You know what people would love? An event where someone may die at the end um which, perfect yeah look who doesn't want to see that in a in a stadium of sixty thousand people the prospect some bloke runs in keels over boom dead hang a gold medal around his neck throw Epic. him in the grave yes yeah, so good um so 
basic, but the first one, and this is where I like it, there was none of these hydration stations. Basically, the, the night before the marathon, these guys get driven out to uh, the fields of marathon where the event's going to start. They stay out there overnight. Then go up. All right, there's, I think there was 27 competitors. Guy fires a gun. They all see you back in there, boys. No hydration stations. These blokes, if they wanted any refreshments, had to stop at local villages at the stores, at the restaurants, tavernas oh, along the way. Oh, that's really good. And had to purchase their own refreshments. Now, and, and were they nude, Barney? No, these guys weren't nude. They were, I believe, oh, from boring. what I can see, they were just wearing... You lost me. They, they white T-shirts, white shorts, oh. um, as was the fashion of the day. But yeah, they, uh, they must have had pockets because they had to carry change because they had to buy their own refreshments. Right. And, and, or they used the prison wallet. <laughs> well, mate, you do forty. You do forty-two k's with something in the prison wallet. You got yeah. big problems, my friend. Well, also yeah. if you um, reach a certain point, like Paula Radcliffe, you know, and you just <laughs> yeah, exactly. We had to go there. Sudden, she's dropping change. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, she's paying out. She's got a loyalty, ca- mate. She's got a loyalty card up there. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Paula Radcliffe's running along Hindy's after. Oh my god, she's paying out. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> <What was the tunnels>? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the winner actually by uh, is a bloke by the name of Spirios Louis. He was a local uh, Greek guy. He was a water carrier, which uh, is a job that since has been replaced by um, pipes. I believe uh, now do most of the water carrying for us. Um, but uh, he's believed to have had at least two glasses of wine along the way. Stopped at taverns, oh, grabbed a glass good. of wine. Beautiful. His son uh, later claimed that he didn't have a glass. Of, one of the stories was he stopped and his wife gave him a glass of wine. He mm. said, no, she gave him a cut-up orange. He didn't have wine. Um, but his father-in-law did give him some cognac. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. That well, you got to. Is that it, where yeah. halftime oranges come from? Old, that's old Spiros Louis. Well, um, this is what I'm saying. I say we go back to that. How good would it be to watch twelve-year-olds um, playing footy after a shot of cognac? I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was, I was more sticking with the marathon, Tommy. But I like where your head's at, mate. Yeah. Um, no, but how good would it be to see the marathon runners just stop in the local, like, you know, it's especially, I don't know if we keep it traditional Greek food. Maybe they stop and get a gyros. Oh, beautiful. Um, mm. You know, maybe a glass of, nice glass of wine or whatever. Stop at one of the local taverns. Or I'm bit thinking... A bit of masalada to stop the nipples chafing. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is the thing. I'm, I'm wondering, boys, like, do we keep it? I'm open to this, and this is why I'm throwing it out to the floor. Yeah. We get rid of the hydration stations. Once again the the competitors have to stop get something to eat themselves mm. but do we make it they have to stop for local cuisine like tokyo when we see that next year mm. are you, you going to see them stop in have, maybe have a sake and a couple of gyoza oh, and uh, a bit of yellowtail yeah, yeah. some don't yeah. worry you, tra- you train you'd, yeah. you'd hate for that to happen though you train four years and you're the fastest time but you blow it by seven minutes because you can't use chopsticks Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. true. But that's this is true. one of the other things I wanted to note too oh. is like the prizes that they got back in the day. It wasn't just so they didn't get a gold medal. He got a cup, but he also got offered. And this is I say bring some of this back. Uh, he got uh, a flock of sheep. 
That's you got a herd of cattle. Because um, he's a big hero. Local Expensive. boy get, does well. Uh, he got a herd of cattle. He got free haircuts and beard trims from his local barber for the rest of his <laughs> life. Sick. Um, 2,000 pounds of candy. And this is my favourite one. The major benefactor. This you would never see anymore uh, of, the, of the original games. George Osh. Averoff, uh, who was a, uh, a uh, philanthropist over in Greece, uh, offered a million drachmas and his daughter's hand in marriage to whoever won the marathon as long that's, as it was someone from Greece. That's the kind of... You forget gold medals. That's the kind of stuff you want. You want drachmas for, all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's my one, Professor. Very I say good. We get go, go back to traditional marathons. Mate, that's very right. good. Okay, now I, I'm going to go next if everybody's cool with that. Yeah, yep. cool. Um, I'm, I, I just I'm groovy to... with it, mate. Yeah, hey. Yeah. Get hey, down. Man. Get down. Groovy, man. Um, <laughs> his buzz, dude. Hey. Um, <laughs> coming up in the, well, now 2021 Olympics, sadly, we've been mm. bumped. In the event we get there, maybe 2022, whatever it is, there is a sport called wushu. Now, do you guys know wushu? wushu? Um, Don't know. Um, no. Wu- wushu is Chinese kung fu. Um, it's a Chinese martial art that contains two disciplines in competition. One, which is Taolu, which is uh, like a floor routine in gymnastics, but you do it with a stick. Remember that kid on YouTube, the, uh, the slightly chubby kid that was in his garage with the stick? Star Wars kid? Star Wars kid. That's yes. basically Wushu, the oh, floor nice. routine. So that's exactly what they're doing. Look it up. Type in dancing. Yeah, type in. Well, I, I mean, I don't condone this sort of language, but fat kid with uh, with stick, and you'll find him. You can't go wrong with that. Into YouTube. It might be the yeah. third video on the YouTube page. I, I've got the first two of that. <laughs> of that uh, fat kid with stick. You have to go past my two videos, and then you'll find. Him. <laughs> is it yours, fat kid with rod, Tommy? Yeah, I mean rod stick. What is it? it doesn't mean yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it's whatever you want to title it, whatever your keyword searches. <laughs> now, the other discipline is it's basically fighting. So they, they get two of them wushu up against each other, and it's basically kickboxing. It's exactly the same as kickboxing. Now, here's the reason why I don't think it should be part of the Olympics is because it's basically only China that does it. So in the history of wushu oh. world championships, which has happened every two years for the last God knows how long, China has won 159 golds. And then the, the next closest <laughs> is Iran, who have won 35 golds. Hong Kong have won 30. Yeah, and then South Korea have won 25. The, the medal tally is basically the path that COVID-19 took, if you look at it that <laughs> way. <laughs> the US are about to get really good really at it. Really good at it. I'm not saying it's responsible, but just, it's, that's exactly what it is. Um, uh, you're, thinking, you're looking at this the wrong way. I say don't exclude Wushu. I say we put Australian rules football That's what I was going to say. That is my... Thing that I've written. Why, why oh, can't beautiful. we have Aussie rules? We'd kill it. I mean, or, or Nick, we should have rugby sevens for the New Zealanders. It's exactly the same. What happened in the uh, rugby sevens, Nick? Because they obviously did just put yeah. that in to give New Zealand a couple of goals, and you guys. We, we, already it up. Kept, we already put it. So, you know, when they do those medal tallies and yeah. everyone started at zero, we'd already had two goals. Um, put up there um, before the Olympics even started. That was already that was that was we'd already counted that, in. and I think that's what the players thought too, and that's hence why they didn't turn mm. up. Um, so yeah, no, I I think um, it was a dark it was a dark Olympics, but I think you'll remember in that Olympics we did very well in the rowing. 
So that's all we focused on. Oh, you think we'll remember that, did you? You oh, think we'll mate, remember that? It'll be the talk of pubs for, around the world. Um, mm. So, in fact, taxi drivers... Actually, how does that work? Taxi drivers and and rowers, because they both face the opposite way, don't they, all the time? How do yeah. they... You couldn't have a taxi how driver do taxi telling... Drivers, how do taxi drivers go in New Zealand, Nick? Are they reversing? A, what do you they? mean they're facing the wrong way? Well, because they often talk, they talk. Make your taxi driver turn around and face the road, (laughs) the direction they're going. No, so when they're conversing, they they, they they're facing a bit like um, in Australia, what drivers do. Yeah, very similar. (laughs) (laughs) Did anything happen to those Kiwi roads? Did they come up with like a clever name for them or anything like that? Or yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Were they called the All Blacks or something? Uh, Oh, that's uh, good. Oh, that's good. The All Cocks. (laughs) <laughs> no rowers, all steerers. <laughs> Very good. All right, that and was one, one of them caught crabs. Yeah. <laughs> While they were what rowing over the side, crab <laughs> crab pots. That's if you if you were just if you're all catches in the water and comes back at you. Yeah, isn't that what the Aussie crab. chick yeah, did? And then she lay back and took a yeah, nap and we lost. Salad. Oh, you don't yeah. mean literally. I thought you meant like Terry Hill. And Scott Fulton. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Well, now make that an Olympic sport. Anyway. All right, who's next? Uh, Tommy or Nick? Uh, Shall I go? On you go. (laughs) So I believe that we can make one of the already existing sports better and two things that... A couple of things in this sport that should not exist in the sport. I'm looking at the sport of swimming and how for years it has just been... It's been dominated by people who are, are willing to try and get a leg up in the sport. Um, I mean, a couple of examples. That you'll find most sports are, Tommy. Yeah, but like uh, this common. is just beyond belief. I mean, you've got Sun Yang with the drugs. Yeah. Um, you've got Phelpsy with the punch and the billies. Um, you've got Thorpey with his foot, that full body suit. I mean, I think that's okay, but who's, uh, who's counting? <laughs> I mean... I I also think the genetic manipulation of creating the only Dutch swimmer that could actually swim, Peter Van den Hoogen Van. So you've got that feel... guy who was Eric the Eel, who was actually an eel. Exactly. And, I know, mean hybrid. I, hybrid. I, so my thing is that swimming should be a level playing ground. And one of the a couple of things that You're I've come very up very hard with, to get water not level, Tommy. No, I, no, no, no. It always finds its level. Yes, no, correct. Um I think that you should remove goggles. Okay. okay. I also think I like that to make this kind of fun, um, a swimming pool, an average Olympic swimming pool has uh, 2,500,000 litres of water in it. Um, and the ratio of chlorine to water is a one to four ratio. I think make it parity. I think remove <laughs> goggles, add more chlorine. Um, You're basically going to bleach everyone. Yeah. No, I, I think this could be funny. I think we could... Think about records. They'll be smashed because people, after about a minute and a half, start burning. Um, <laughs> Tommy, didn't Donald Trump recommend this as a cure for COVID? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I he might have. I mean, if you've got COVID, start drinking the pool water. Um, <laughs> and then, so yes, so more chlorine, remove goggles, and then yeah. I just thought to really cap it off, let's remove the lane ropes. I oh, think yeah. the lane ropes, uh, they keep yeah. us as a society pigeoned in and they're, mm. we're penned in and we, we mm. can only swim in a straight line. Mm. I had a thought, and that one memory for me was the 1996 Atlanta Olympics, Kieran Perkins mm. uh, winning the 1500 metres oh, uh, against Daniel, Daniel Kowalski um, and Graham Smith, the Englishman, uh, probably one of the greatest swimming races ever. 
Uh, Kieran Perkins actually started the race uh, in la- he was in lane eight because oh, he shouldn't have he should never have been there. Yeah, he only he made the final by the, um, 0.24 of a second. I remember he was in the aqua jogging lane. Exactly. He was yeah. in the yeah, he was in the slow lane. Um, <laughs> That's right. There was a couple of rugby union teams in there, with it? Yeah, doing <laughs> yeah, things now. It was a hard um, it was a hard lane to get any, yeah. you know, any But hits. I thought to myself what would make that probably that one of the most historic moments in Australian Olympic history, what would make it better than Kieran Perkins winning gold from lane 8 is if that he started in lane 8 and brought the thing home in lane one. Yeah, that is. Yeah. I, I think. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. I also had a. I also had a thing like you could have Phelps v Eric the Eel, and like horse racing, let's handicap them. Let's put some weight. Let's put some weight in the in the in the togs. Yeah, you weighing down I mean? people when they get in the pool always goes yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really well, really well. I've been meaning to get. I've been yeah. meaning to get Sergio out. But um, what, what I, about this, Tommy? Instead of the instead of the lanes, instead of make him go round like they do totally. on the running track, yeah, like exactly. a velodrome. So, yeah, yeah, like a velodrome. So whirlpool. Yeah, you have the kids in the middle having a great time. But yeah, so I, mine was just how can I make swimming better? How can I make it better? More chlorine, remove goggles, remove lane ropes, and add weights to the uh, to the swimmers. <laughs> It's Basically, very good. Anything that could end in death. Death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Tommy. Is that if you finished? That's your, me. That's me. Mate, I'm done. Wow. I think you need to submit that to Dick Pound. Yep. Um, <laughs> just see what he thinks. He's an open. He's an open-minded guy. How good would it be swimmers getting their medals and they like can't open their eyes because they're so bloodshot? It'd be yeah. So yeah, that would be good. I well, mean, Michael that's... Phelps can't open his eyes yeah. anyway. But I mean, the others. I would, love, I would love for Tommy to have a conversation with Dick Pound and then just go like really like half a Peroni deep. Just go, I've got a, I've got a great idea, Dick. Yeah. No goggles, oh. and then just and just walk away. <laughs> just walk away. <laughs> I'd also address Mike's him right. by the old school way, where you put the last name first and the first name yeah. second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pound yeah. Dick. Pound yeah. Dick. Very good. <laughs> All right. Can I call you Dick? Let's let's move away from pounding Dick. And let's get okay. into Nick. Oh, that's yes. a beautiful <laughs> rhyming couplet. That is, that is. Uh, so my shouldn't be in the Olympics in the light of uh, swimming. Um, now, this should never be uh, in the Olympics, but it was three times. Uh, for some reason, solo synchronized swimming was an official mm. Olympic sport, not only in 1984, but 1988 and also 1992. Um, wow. So when you think of synchronized swimming, um, you normally think, hey, look at those people all swimming at the same time <laughs> and all together. And that's how you would judge them. Um, mm. But how would you judge, like, because you could just say that I meant to do that. Well, is <laughs> like, your, yeah. What is being synchronized? Is it like your left arm and your, and your right leg? What is yeah, actually well, synchronizing? Well, yeah. they're technically judged of how how well they dance slash swim to their selected music. Um, whatever the case, um, it was scrapped in 1992. But f- I've actually um, seen some pictures and watched some footage, and it just looks like everyone who is competing in the sport is um, getting eaten by a shark. Right, it's drowning. <laughs> yeah, it's frantically freaking out. Yeah, 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 and yeah. we return now to the elegant drowning scene. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's all it should be. That's maybe it should be. It should be back into the Olympics, but just would be renamed as the elegant drowning. Yeah. yeah. What we're learning is the Olympics needs more. It needs threat of death. 
Every event needs the threat of yes. death. Yeah, let's yes. raise the stakes. Yeah. The Americans brought this in, and it lasted three. As Nick said, it lasted three Amer- uh, three Olympic Games until until the, I think it was the nineteen ninety six Olympics. Yeah, where the Americans had it again, and they were like, you know what? We can't make the same mistake we made the first time. Yeah, I mean. Oh. Eighty-eight, ninety-two didn't pick up on the fact you can't synchronize when you're by yourself. Yes, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but that's that's my honourable mention: the synchronized swimming. But. Well, the moral of the story is you shouldn't go swimming on your own anyway. So yes, that, look, oh, it's just a warning for kids. Look at you; you look like an idiot. It does do look this. like everyone who's competed in that sport ate half an hour within half an hour before yeah. they went swimming. <laughs> they looked look like they had terrible cramps and. Oh. Yeah, they keep That's another it. thing we could maybe add to the swimming in your in your go, Tommy. Yes. Is make them eat like everyone's yeah, got to have yeah. like no. Like you got to do yeah. the eight hundred freestyle after carbonara. Yeah, that's good. Literally, that's good. Yeah, you got to eat the carbonara everywhere. Yeah. There's yeah. just chunks. It's awesome. What is your main one here? My main one. Uh, so, as you, as you guys know, I'm a very keen um, pigeon enthusiast, um, and I uh, don't know if you guys know this, but in the 1900 uh, French or Paris Olympics, there was live pigeon shooting. Oh wow! The goal, <laughs> the goal of live pigeon shooting event was quite self-explanatory. It was to kill as many pigeons as possible. <laughs> so, hey, Paris! <laughs> Paris is a pigeon city, mate. This is, I reckon yeah. this is the local council have thrown this one. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a great one. Yeah, that's a great way to to, to rid of uh, of a pest. But um, the Belgian Leon de London won the gold medal with a, <laughs> uh, when he downed twenty one birds. Very good. Uh, a total of three hundred birds were killed during the event, and um, yeah, basically they said it was um, it was the sport was described as tres aristocratic which is very aristocratic, is mm. the French. You probably lost that in my French pronunciation. I thought that there. was a rapper. Tom, for Tom a you did you did live pigeon shooting at Cranbrook, didn't you? Yeah, yeah no, no, no. no. Yeah, Daddy, Daddy and I, uh, we <laughs> we often take our over and under guns and we just go and blast a few pigeons out of, uh, out of the, the pro- sky. The problem with this sport is I feel like instantly if, is the clean-up, really. Because if the first guy's gone well... There's just literally feathers, blood, and carcasses everywhere. So how did it how did it work, Nick? So were the pigeons so, released and then yeah. like because we know clay clay target shooting or clay pigeon shooting. Yes. Uh, so they've obviously you know uh, when you you either win or you learn, and so they've they obviously learnt from that Olympics. Um, so now yes, moving forward, they still like the element of shooting, but they just thought that that was the last um, Olympics that live animals were killed for sport. Um, and now we just do that for fun. Um, so, uh, so basically, so, so uh, there's a little bit of um, information here that I want to get into because there was three events that were held that year, the last sort of year that they did this live pigeon shooting for sport, right? So mm. in 1900, so how they did it was six birds were released 27 meters in front of the participant and the participant was eliminated once they missed two birds and obviously the, the belgium guy um leon de london won with 21 birds now there was two other events held that year the one i want to talk about is the uh, uh, centenary grand prize there was three people who um got in the top three obviously that's why they they were one two and three but there's <laughs> 1900 
I'm going to say these names and you could, let's just try and pick, like give a bit of a backstory to who they were. So he killed 19 birds. He's from the USA. His name was just Murphy. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't have a first name. It was just Murphy. Boston police officer. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else is using a rifle. He's just using his sidearm. Murphy just... Held a whiskey. Yeah, drunk yeah. the whole time. Um, and it was, ironically, it was the last day before he retired from the force as well. Oh, man. <laughs> One last mission. One oh, last man. mission before he went AWOL. So that was, he got third, 19 birds killed. He got second, he killed 21 birds. Um, he was from Spain. His name was Pedro Pedal. Pedro, Pedro the Pedal. pigeon, Pedro yeah. the pigeon killer. Pedro yeah. the pigeon killer, as he's known in Spain. But the biggest one I want to talk to you guys about is the winner of the Centenary Grand Prize in 1900, 22 birds killed, was Donald McIntosh from Australia. Donnie. Oh, the Don. The original Don, eh? <laughs> do, you know who Donald Mac- <laughs> do you know who Donald McIntosh was? That was actually his alias. Um, yeah. The real Donald McIntosh, though, was Glenn McGrath. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hence, <laughs> hence where his, his nickname Pigeon came from. Uh, oh, Tommy! That's where it came from. He's brought it all around. Well yeah. done, Tommy. Joining the <laughs> dots, very good. That's great. So, um, yes. So that's my my two. Hey, Nick. Very good, guys. Well, we need to move on well to done. the next portion. Um, mm. That was what shouldn't be in the Olympics. This next bit is what we want to see in the Olympics. Um, Barney, are you ready to lead us off with this? I am. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about this because I love a good. Uh, I love a good Olympic Games. I'm thinking we need. I'm worried about the ratings, like everyone else. Mm. How do we get people involved? Um, I find there's an often a divide between people who love sport and people who love intellectual pursuits, and we need to bring those things together. So I'm suggesting we incorporate chess boxing uh, into the Olympic Games. It's a real thing. It was invented. Yeah by Yeppi Rubing, uh, who, as you can probably guess, is a crazy Dutchman. Um, there's a great... Uh, have a look online. There's a great interview with him on how he decided to um, invent it, him and uh, him and a mate at the pub, uh, drinking, uh, basically, and being crazy and, Dutchman. And high as balls, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to that. Uh, we, were, we were having a few drinks. Yeah, um, we had a, a joint. We came up with chef boxing. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. I love how I love how Barney's doing absolutely everything he can to get Russia another fucking gold medal. <laughs> oh mate, so yeah. yes, this is this is the thing. Chess I want to look. Kos Kos great, but I think our future's on RTTV. Um, so we, I'm assuming we, that's a Russian television. Channel, Russian television. It is Russian know. government television. Mate, they don't right. even need it. They don't. That literally might be the only medal they didn't have to dope for. I've played both those sports, and the winner's always the computer. So <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. So. For, <laughs> Basically, the way it works is it's 11 rounds, about over 11 rounds, um, three-minute rounds. First round is, uh, is blitz chess. Uh, second round's boxing, back to chess, back to boxing, back to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, basically, the winner's the first play, player to either get the, op- the opponent into checkmate or to knock them out. <laughs> uh, you're only knocking – that only counts if you do it in the boxing. If you do it in the chess, you're disqualified. Um, basically, blitz – Blitz chess, the other way, um, blitz chess is the one where you're on the little timer, so you've got a yeah, clock between you and you hit. It. So mm. each player has nine minutes 
total to make their moves. So if you run out of time, you're also you also lose. Um, if it's a draw at the end, it goes on the uh, it goes on boxing points. Um, and if it's a tie, the winner is uh, still if it's tie on points, the winner is the player who played with the black pieces. Uh, wow. That's a super first... over of chess. New Zealand will get that. <laughs> is there like a ring announcer still? Is it like there is a oh, winner is... with a split decision yeah. and Mate. more pawns and rooks than the other guy? This <laughs> is the thing. It still has the glamour of boxing. They still have like it's big in London. There's uh, I've got some great footage. I'll show you boys, um, but I'll describe it for those just listening. Um, you know, you still get the the ring girl marches the belt at the start of the bout. They still announce the winner by raising the hand. Um, they still have um, amazing, amazing ring announcers and commentators. Um, one of my favourite bits of. Uh, commentary i heard watching i went down a bit of a rabbit hole in the last couple of days watching chess <laughs> boxing but um at one point the ring announcer at the, right at the end of the chess match is getting the uh getting the chant going mate 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 so you've got a whole boxing crowd just cheering for a checkmate it is that's very bizarre. good it's so good hey how and do you they see- move the pieces wearing gloves yeah. Ah, you... so you have to take the gloves off. Yeah. The gloves, oh, so your, your gloves aren't taped. Oh, I thought um, this so... is when you, Barney says, "With there, I ain't it." <laughs> <laughs> this was yeah, the rabbit I... hole that he went down. <laughs> but, yeah. The horse, and they all wear stilts so yeah, they can yeah, get yeah. over the table. Look at him; he's, he's lost four pieces, and his opponent hasn't taken any of them. Yeah. It's like one of those arcade games where you yeah. go yeah. in. And like... <laughs> the claw. The claw. Right. And my other question, Barney. <laughs> yeah. When when they move the chess table, how do they bring it back in without spilling any of them? Because if you ever move chess, oh, well, yeah, when you have to clear the table for dinner or something, you're so like, it's all not electronically ever. recorded. So you've you've got they record where all the where all the pieces are, and then they they reset it when they bring it back. Okay, in. It takes a little while, but you see the thing too is is a bit of strategy of some of the bouts I've um, watched. Sometimes it's guy who's clearly a better boxer against a guy who's clearly a better chess wow. player. So you see the guy who's clear, who's the the better boxer, sort of just waiting, like they're in trouble, they're in check, they're very close right. to being in check, sort of trying yeah. to run the clock out. So yeah. okay, if I can knock him out next round, oh wow, that is good. I mean, yeah. and then That's likewise, brilliant. you see the the guy who's who's winning the chess will sometimes try and just close the distance and hold on in the boxing. It Do you know what excellent? What, what I would have loved to have seen if this was an Olympic sport: Bobby Fischer versus Mike Tyson. Oh yeah, that would have been <laughs> good. <laughs> what about see Mike who, see who is the floor. best yeah i also like the idea of um a, someone training for this playing chess in a meatworks and uh yeah that's good <laughs> good yeah. montage scene to, to yeah, montage yeah, really good montage Rocky, scene flat cap guy just going you can bloody yeah pawn him if you want take and his rock what, yeah yeah take his rock yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. right. That's one of the other great bits of commentary because the commentator I saw from the London Chess Boxing Association, um, he will openly because so one of the things they do oh, is the when LCBA. they're when yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> um, when they're in um, they're corrupt when, as f- <laughs> oh, hey Tommy, we don't want a lawsuit yeah. on our hands. Thanks, uh, the king isn't the only thing they yeah. took. <laughs> well, the thing, the commissioner Ron Zing is not a very nice guy. <laughs> their guy, um, they they bought their last gold medal. You you know it, bloody buddy. <laughs> Ron Zing. Uh, Hell of a hair, dude. Oh. 
Look at that, a flat top for days. <laughs> they actually play on his head. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, <laughs> one, I was going to say one of the fav- my favourite parts of their commentary is the players have to wear um, have to wear basically headphones to to soundproof them. So they can't get yeah like advice from the crowd oh, during right. the chess. Yeah. Uh, so they can't be coached. And so the commentator stands right there and will critically, uh, like openly <laughs> criticise them. Oh, that's a dumb move. I don't like that. That was pointless. Yeah, my favourite bit, though, at the start of one of the matches to get the crowd hyped, and my, another favourite bit of commentary was uh, opening moves. And he goes, oh, it's a Queen's Gambit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a Queen's Gambit. Ooh. A Queen's Gambit. Whoa! <laughs> and boxing announcer style shouting yeah. Queen's Gambit is... What is a oh. Queen's Gambit in chess? I've, yeah, I don't know. It's an opening move where you, uh, you basically rely on the Queen, I believe. <laughs> is that where you remove your, you move your pawn to open up the Queen? Ooh, do you yes, know? I believe so. I've, Often yeah. porn will open up the queen. <laughs> yeah. Hey, whatever whatever yeah. opens up the queen, I say. As a as a rook said as a rook said to the bishop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, chess boxing. Chess boxing, very good. Great okay, um, things that I think should be included now. These are things mm. that used to be a part of the Olympics back in the day, and they got rid of them. The one I want to do is. Club swinging. So back in 1904. We all want to do that, James. Yeah. And 1932. Uh, Okay, we all get it. Your wife's experimental, whatever. There was was a sport called club swinging at the Summer Games. Now, what do you think club swinging would be? Okay, so you go to the club. Yeah. You've got your keys. There's a bowl. Big bowl, big Uh, club. Exactly. and you're just you're trying to get in early so you don't get the scraps. Is basically this is, this is the sport you can play in the Olympic Village. This yeah. is from what I understand. This is what the Olympic Village is anyway. I also understand basically Usain Bolt may have got several golds at this sport as well. I think yeah. so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think he club swung a whole Norwegian volleyball team by the sounds of things. Yeah. yeah world well. That's Club swinging is what my wife just calls golf. That's <laughs> well, that's back in. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Um, but it, basically, what it is, you hold a, a and it, they still do it big in India. Anytime you're looking uh, for a sport that's a bit odd, go to India. Yep. Yeah. You hold a bowling pin-shaped club and you swing it around like it's rhythmic mm. gymnastics. Oh, so it's and I don't know how they judge it. Did this in calisthenics when there she was go. a kid? They where to, where is was, calisthenics? They did that in rods. Calisthenics was like a... Yeah, no, I, yeah. uh, I think that's a Greek restaurant, isn't it? Makes, it? makes it sound like I grew up in the early 1900s. So that's where the Cuban no, guy got his Euros from. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how they judge it, because it all I, I was watching this so, for hours. It all looks the same to me. It looks like drunk people so, that have gone into a bowling alley, run on, stolen yeah. the pins, and started swinging them around their head. That's all it looks like. I, but they're black it, and white striped, aren't they, the pins? The pins, yes. Yes. Yeah, the pins are... <laughs> Yeah, I would suggest putting small nails at the end of the pins for danger to bring the whole death, death thing back into to make it, it more exciting. Yeah. Now, the the bloke that won it in 1932 was an American guy called George Roth. Um, now, it was during the Great Depression, and apparently Roth was unemployed. He was homeless and he was hungry, but he won gold. Yeah. And then he 
Well, that's why he's depressed. My God. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have a house. And then he he won gold in front of 60,000 spectators. It was wow. big back then. Club swing. Wow. Um, and then walked out of the stadium and hitchhiked back to his box, basically. Um, That's fantastic. And apparently on the way home, he went club swinging. So... <laughs> <laughs> what was his name again? Roth. It was oh, George yeah. Roth. George yeah. the Thumper. George the Thumper. <laughs> is that his nickname? Yeah. Thumpty Dumpty. <laughs> what yeah. I don't get is it's it's been in there twice, 1904 and 1932, mm. right? Okay. So you, mm. you can't tell me... Because it's to watch it, it does. It's not very exciting. You can't tell me that twice there was somebody organising the games that read one of these petitions to have it in, and went club swinging, put it in. Oh, <laughs> I'm a dirtbag. Let's get it in there, and then was obviously ah, oh, God, it's something else. Yeah, this... it must have happened twice. Mate, why do you think Dick Pound is still here? Dick, Dick Pound's <laughs> hoping for the club swinging. Yeah. My God. I think what we've learnt from all of this. Is we've got to stop giving Paris the Olympics. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the French they are, the they're off their heads. They're, they are, yeah, they're, they're hanging out with Phelpsy too much. Mate, anyway. All right, Tommy, lead on. Okay. Guys, I, I had a really uh, a tough decision with trying to narrow. I had three that I liked. So I had um, cheese rolling, oh, which is a. Um, a sport played in uh it was founded in oxfordshire uh, and we actually have the world champion cheese roller um and as you can see from the vision that i'm uh playing it now if you're watching the vodcast it's rolling a a, a wheel of cheese down a hill and then a whole bunch of drunk people trying to chase it down and it's it that they there was something i read where they had like in this in this 25 seconds and they had like 104 competitors 97 of them had a medically like they had to go to, had to be hospitalized um for injuries whether it be concussion lacerations a guy broke both of his legs lactose um, intolerance lactose intolerance <laughs> i mean some guy was just pissed that it was camembert um but my camembert or brie because it's hard to tell yeah. the difference tommy it yeah. is hard. It is one slightly uh, well, soft. age slightly longer. It's all it's all about tactics as well with this race because you you know you want to don't run down with the crackers. It's going to hold you back. <laughs> <laughs> right, the injuries are mostly people running with the cheese in them. <laughs> they get a little too prompt. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, and then my other one that I, I really wanted to I really want to get in there because I just want to see mm. the breed of humans that just partake in this sport is uh catfish noodling which oh, is um, yeah. catching catfish with on your the arm, internet with, with when your, there's a, a lady yeah. and she's actually a man yeah. Yeah. it's a lot yeah. of fun yeah <laughs> with and jennifer and i mean it sounds the same i gotta say james you got me good. First I time, did. that was on you. Second time, that's completely. It is. Unique. It is. Uh, but hey, Same Barney, pictures as well. Barney, did I pay out in the end? I still passed you, mate. mate I still... Hey, you know what? I'll take what I can get. That's the, that's the catfishing game. There we go. Yeah. Very good. So fair, catfish fair. noodling, where you catfish put your hand in uh, a hole in a riverbank and you have to coax uh, uh, a catfish to latch onto your arm. Um... There's some, there's, I've been, I, as Barney went down a rabbit hole uh, 
watching chess boxing, I watched so many people noodle for catfish, and mm. it was it was incredibly good. Um, so what's I think that technique, <laughs> what's a technique that you would use? Like what? what, what kind so of so stuff what you have watching? to do? It's actually a tandem sport. So you have one person who puts their their arm in the the, the hole. And then there's often in in a catfish hole there's often a another opening or another or another place where the catfish often swims out. So you actually need a second person to clog oh, wow. the other the other exit route. Gotcha. And, Doubles. Nice. Um, but I think the one sport that we should include is beer pong. Um, yes. Yeah. I feel like beer pong should be a sport that that is brought into the Olympics. And I think I think you also have to have, have a handicapped as well. Like for instance, uh, the Thai women's team—they're very very good. Um, <laughs> so you need you need to have them handicapped. So I think when that when they're playing, they have to drink like sort of like an eight or nine percent uh, sort of an IPA. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they got a their their cups are filled with an IPA, yes. whereas um, sort of like the the Norwegians maybe uh, yeah. they they would have like a lager. Or, Explain or, beer pong for the uninitiated, Tom. So beer pong yeah. is is you've got a, a trestle table or a table, and there <laughs> I is love a that tri- you start with the most essential details. <laughs> right. There is the type of table, right? You can get them at Kmart. They're uh, between twenty and forty dollars. Uh, I got mine for twenty eight. It was Bunnings. Special, Bunnings is one. cheaper. If you go yeah, to Bunnings, I got myself a trestle the other day. And no. they also, the, I mean, BCF they, will run them, but they're the yeah. expensive brands, no, right? But you're getting quality. But you got to get what they, you're paying for. They don't, throw in a matching umbrella, so that's yeah. good uh, for cheap. Don't, um, don't get the trestles that grow up the plant. That's, <laughs> no, that's it's a different trestle. Talking about, talking no. about um, the trestle table. So yeah. I think you just want. I, 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 I just think you want full-blown rednecks playing this. I mean, you can even get you can even get dual sport competitors. Like they can go straight from noodling straight into beer pong. It's epic. Yes. Yeah. Um, but what I'm thinking, yeah. So it's two triangles of cups, like the the red sort of frat cups, filled yep. with about that much beer. And the object the object is you have to you have to get the uh, ping pong ball into uh, the other person's cups until they have none left. Um, obviously, with handicapping it and making the better teams drink stronger liquor, it makes for better telly. So if I'm playing against you, you get the the ball in the cup at my end of the table. You have, I have to, to drink. drink that. Yes. If I get okay. both balls in the same cup, you have to drink two cups. <laughs> Tell me, I've, I doubt you could fit them. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I Great. thought beer pong makes it exciting. Bring the cool. youth back because yeah. we're all, That's we're all doing. you know what I mean. Yeah. We're all going, Mum, we're going to a gathering. I'm not. I'm going to get shit-faced with the mates in the park sort of thing. So, like, yeah. drinking's, <laughs> drinking just it transcends uh, sort of genders. Uh, well, it's it international, isn't it? Ages. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's beautiful. I don't know how it's a beautiful your, your Iran's and your Pakistan, your sort of more, the, like, devout yeah, traditional. Uh, Islamic countries are going to do with it. Well, uh, Tommy, the, um, have you got an inclusive version for them? Um, ice cream. They love yes, ice cream. They can have, they yeah. can have bubble ice tea. Cream. They go out for an no, ice cream. They've got to. They've got to they drink. Have... They've got to drink Dakar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some sort of Mediterranean. Yeah. Some sort of. Yeah. Spice. I mean, yeah. They can. They can drink whatever they want. Really. Mm. Uh, doesn't. Mm. I didn't think about that one. Um, water. <laughs> F- it. I don't know. Take it back. Take it back. Have a look at it, Tommy. Just, just I'm just put a, workshopping. Put a pin in it, mate. I'm, work, I'm workshopping. That's right. I'm Take it back. Work it out. Bring it back mm. to us, mate. Exactly. Very good. Mm. They can have Ribena for all I care. I, don't, I, I haven't thought about it. I know. It. I know. Well, hey. Early C. stages, mate. It's conceptual at the moment. That's all we need. Yeah. Nick, 
<laughs> bring us home. Yeah, I've got, I've got uh, one honourable mention and then the one I really want to bring back. So the first one is Diving for Distance, uh, which right. was in the 1904 Summer Olympics in St. Louis. Uh, the plunge for di- uh, the plunge for distance diving event it only lasted one Olympics. Basically, it consisted of swimmers diving into the pool and staying motionless in the water for one minute. <laughs> Divers weren't allowed to propel themselves in the water. Whoever went the furthest through the water won the event. During the 1904 games, all five plunge for distance contestants came from the US. <laughs> <laughs> so there wasn't any other countries in it. So. No one's what, so like wushu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. What's involved? Here? So you dive in and you just have to stay. And you have to stay as still as possible. And you, have to, in. you have to and be locked you... in in the diving position. Yeah. You can't like uh, pose obviously, yourself forward kick. Yeah. Big spectator sport, is it? <laughs> just yeah. um... people chanting from the sideline, uh, <laughs> making banners. <laughs> Great. I don't know what just kind of a bloke disappears, or... comes up a bit down the pool. That is. <laughs> and look at him; he's still in position. That <laughs> is. is. That is face down, Frankie, for you, isn't yeah. it? Look at him. Mate, you know, it's been six minutes; he still hasn't moved. Do you know what the hardest thing is, buddy? Is that? It's like that's I think why I don't think it's going to ever come back. Is because how hard would it be to commentate? Because yeah. there's no technique involved. No. It's just literally you jump in and go. We're just going to wait a minute. Let's go to the break, mate. If they do, <laughs> I've got a chess boxing commentator who I reckon is up to the. Sure. Yeah, but also there's other sports that I mean, think about bobsled. Like, how do yeah, they yeah. commentate, or even cycling? Yeah, Cycling's all the same. I love the it? bobsled because you go, oh, they're looking a bit, uh, they're looking a bit ragged on this corner. It's like yeah. you're looking at the top no, of a couple of helmets. There's, there's at least there's corners where like the yeah, bobsled can exit yeah. the course. Well, I'm pushing like, for know, straight I mean... bobsled. I've been pushing for straight bobsled <laughs> for a long time. What Just about the bob- get in and go. I reckon they should go bobsled jump. Bob yeah, longest, jumps, longest, longest bobsled jump. jump. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. good. Uh, Winter Olympics, guys, has to be a whole other... Oh, we'll do, yeah. Podcast. Winter Olympics is great. Oh, All right. That's so that was, that was my honourable mention, dive for distance. I think it's a good sport that literally anyone could, could do. Um, but <laughs> the one I want to bring back, ladies and gentlemen, is the... The one I think we would all agree um, is missing from this. It was played once in 1900, again, in the, the that famous French Paris Olympics. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you watching the vodcast, Tommy just fell off my wall. I have a big, oh, giant God. portrait you know what? of Tommy. Should I just leave him there? I'll right. leave him there. It serves you right for giving Romeo a job after Tommy fired him last week. <laughs> Mate, yeah. you were paying him a lot. We, we've had to pay his fees right now. He uses uh, the shitty blue tack. I've always said that. <laughs> uh, sorry. That's okay. That's fine. So 1900, uh, this, this sport was played. I want to bring back to the Olympics, test cricket. Yes. Think about it. Cricket's every four years. We get every yep. single nation involved. We, yep. It can be the only sport that is playing the whole time between the four years <laughs> because it's five days. Uh, we, we get everyone involved and uh, there's no sort of, um, there's going to be rapid charges, the semifinals, quarterfinals, all that kind of stuff. Yes. And uh, yeah, just bring back Test Cricket. Um, I if- cannot wait to see New Zealand 
lose the gold medal in a super over after five days. That'd be four years. After four years. <laughs> four years and a five-day test match. It comes down to us. <laughs> Poor Ian Smith would collapse. Oh, Smith. Would. That would be the end of Ian Smith. And you can the guarantee the Kiwis, Kiwis would bring Brendan McKillum back as the bloody flag bearer. Oh, mate, oh, of course oh. he would. Um, <laughs> Do you guys want to know who won the gold medal? Yeah. No, thanks, Nick. We're fine. Let's go on. <laughs> That's the end of the podcast. That's the show. Oh, beer's finished. I'm finished. <laughs> who won it, Nick? No. <laughs> so it was Great Britain uh, versus France, and they were the only two teams that entered. France and, played um, the test cricket. Well, they were playing French cricket. Yeah, that's well, the problem. Yeah, they they was, scored a lot of runs through their legs. <laughs> facing up with a bat in front of their legs was terrible. You could bowl and from any direction. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of runs scored down to fine leg. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they Great Britain, the team, won. And uh, they were the only two teams that, that um, won it. But basically, the Great Britain team won. There was there wouldn't have been a record of this unless uh, John Symes uh, kept a, a scorecard. They didn't actually keep score, so um, luckily he did that, <laughs> that and is lucky. Uh, he won. He won a gold. Me- they won a gold medal. So, so they won by the match by 158 runs. But here's a here's a key thing: if the French had held out for five more minutes, the game would have been declared a draw. <laughs> oh, <sighs> so that, that is excellent. That's, Two gold medals. Yeah. Very good. Just to see 22 blokes all on that one step. Oh, wouldn't that be (laughs) magical? Well, on that very um, wonderful note, we might finish up there, boys. Uh, Wonderful podcast. Well done, everybody. Uh, If you've got a better example of either sports that shouldn't be in the Olympics or sports that should, um, then get on our socials at Narrow World of Sports for Instagram and for Facebook and at Narrow World OS for Twitter. Um, also, once again, get on and leave us a five-star review if you've got time. Um, yeah, as I said before, bring the crazy down to seven. You know, just don't sound quite so stalkery. That's all I'm saying. Um, also, we are now a vodcast. We say this every week. So get on yeah. our Facebook, at Narrow World of Sports. Check out our, our, uh, our vodcast. And um, sorry, we're also on KO. We're also on KO, so get your subscriptions. It's bloody worth it. Um, I think that's all we've got. Tommy, have you got anything for us for next week? Any ideas? Anything? Not sure yet, guys. I'll have a, I'll have a think about it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, let, I'll keep you posted. Uh, right, you're doing very well coming up with all of these. You are mm. magic. Um, I mean, it's hard to like come up with the whole thing when the premise is we use something that's happened in the week just gone. But like, I mean... If you want me to plan in advance and like kind of break the whole idea of the show, right. then yeah, so be it. How do you, but... how do you think Nostradamus's podcast uh, went so well? And it's, <laughs> mate, it's got a lot more listeners than us. I tell you, <laughs> jeez. Oh, oh, thank you very much, right, everybody. Bruce. We'll see you next week. Listen, Barney podcast. Bye. 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 Bye.